Hello and welcome to ESPN Crick and Post Stump Mike a day before Mithali Raj's India scratches their 7 year itch of playing a test match. I'm Karthik helping bring you this preview of England versus India the only test from Bristol but bringing you the expertise with me are firstly Onesha Ghosh Onesha we didn't know until we just came on air but i would like to start off by wishing you a very very happy birthday this was this was be a great birthday for you absolutely i mean the drum rolls should ideally be reserved for heather knight who's going to make her 100th appearance for england tomorrow and also for india as a team collectively because uh, nobody thought i never thought that they'll get to watch the likes of mithali raj and julian goswami play a test match before their retirement so the drum rolls are better reserved for them but thank you very much karthik happy to be here on my birthday you know what you know what i think you can give yourself a bit of credit i don't think there have been many journalists post journalists over the last few years who have done as much for cricket in india and indian indian cricket as you have so i think maybe it's a small part but onisha you do have a part to, to having played in seeing this test match come to fruition yeah it's just been a pleasure really i mean as journalists we do what we do and uh, our job is to report facts report of, on what is right and what is wrong how things are panning out behind the scenes on the field of play uh, and whatever happens is just a bonus you know uh, you've got to uh, take it take things as they come uh, nobody can walk away with credit single handedly uh, one can just feel get glad and grateful that india women are playing a test uh, Yeah, after seven years almost, and that's the only only thing uh, that anybody who uh, has been wanting the has been wanting this team to uh, play get some experience in the longest term. I think it's a it's a great moment for them. I mean, it's a great build up. It almost feels like, um, at least to me, it feels like um, nothing short of a festival back home in Kolkata, like a Durga Puja or or some such. <laughs> Fantastic goosebumps yeah you're right along with Anisha on stump mic today is Valkyrie Baines Val you can hear the excitement in my voice and in mainly in Anisha's voice how's the mood there in England I can hear it I can feel it happy birthday Anisha thanks so much well no it is it does um that word you use festival uh, it really struck a chord because i think i mean obviously we're quite ensconced in the coverage of this match so you can get a bit wrapped up in things but it does feel like it's a bit of a celebration uh you know we had not very much women's international cricket played last year for obvious reasons with the pandemic but uh we've got a lot to come this summer and to kick it off with a a sort of monumental match uh, like a, a test between india and england I, i think is a great thing and then we've got uh, you know a, it's a part of a multi format series so we've got you know three one days and uh, three t20 matches to to follow so it does have that sense that it's it's kicking off the summer uh, over here so it's a day before d day val how how has your day been i mean we've been trying to chat with you all day but it's been extremely extremely busy and I mean probably the last week as well you've been running from one press conference to the other and there's been a lot of news coming in so how has this entire build up been to the test match at Bristol It's been really good um I think yeah today uh you know it's got that that matchy feel um you know the the captains gave their press conferences today um so yeah there is a uh, quite a bit of buzz around and it has been busy um I think one thing uh 
Uh, one thing that came out today in uh, Heather Knight's press conference that we weren't aware of was uh, that they're going to be playing on a used pitch. Uh, which is interesting. I mean, there's been a lot of focus on this match as sort of, you know, being very important to the women's game. Uh, they get two days clear before the men's uh, World Test Championship final starts on Friday. They've got two days to get stuck in and, and sort of really showcase the women's game. And then we learned today that it's going to be on a pitch that was used for a T20 blast match on Friday. We don't know what that's going to do in terms of possibly you know, making a result happen um, or possibly not. We don't know. Um, the, yeah, the pitch used uh, in 2019 at Taunton, that had been used nearly six weeks prior uh, for the Men's uh, World Cup and that ended up not doing anything. So, I mean, Heather, Heather Knight did make the point that we don't know and we can't fixate on what that's going to do. But she did say she was disappointed and she'd rather be playing on a fresh pitch. And I think, you know, that that would have been nice and probably fitting for something that's been sort of built up like this um, for so long for the women's game. Um, we've only just had a statement come in from the ECB actually sort of saying that they they were also disappointed that this happened. The fact that the match was only scheduled in mid-April meant it was very difficult um, to find a, you know, first-class ground that was available. And, um, and going forward, um, you know, they were hoping, I think there's one, the one match at Hove has to be on a hybrid pitch, but apart from that, all of the other matches are going to be on fresh pitches. But they, they did admit, you know, it, it was regrettable that this was, was happening because it just would have been a, a nice look to start afresh and them to, you know, be able to do their own thing on a pitch that was their own. But uh, as Heather said uh, several times in a press conference, it is what it is and they're just going to get on with it. Yeah, it, it almost felt like when when I think this this news came out, it almost felt like while well, you 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 came to me and you told me uh, I have some good news and I have some bad news, Karthik. And I, which one do you want to hear first? And I was like the bad news, and and you were like the match is going to be played. We're finding out one day before that the match is going to be played on on a used pitch. Which I mean, you can look at the reaction on social media as well. It's it's not great. It's not a it's not a great look. But I think maybe maybe we can push that aside because the the moment is. And I'm going to use a cliche here. The moment is so historic tomorrow that maybe this chat about the pitch will die down and maybe it may become about the pitch because it's used. It may favor, say, in India, maybe one of India's spinners, maybe an Ekta Bisht, yeah? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't you don't know, but that could it could bring other factors into play that make it more interesting. We just don't know. And I think um, Anesha, you listened to uh, Natali Raj's um, press conference, and she she sort of expressed that you know they'll play with what they're given. They're here to play. They'll they'll just get on with it, right? Absolutely, and they do not have a choice. Well, uh, to begin with, this is a team that did not click in international cricket for 364 days, mind you. Uh, so whatever the whatever they get is a bonus by means by way of a test match to begin with and uh, yes I mean the the approach is quite pragmatic you cannot really um, control the uncontrollables right you have to just uh, simply allow yourself to go with the flow whether or not it actually um, affects the decision decision making around uh, the team selection that is something. That's going to be interesting because uh, for the longest time, I have personally felt that India will prefer a, a three-pronged uh, pace attack uh, with Julian Goswami leading the attack uh, uh, alongside Shikha Pandey and probably one of Arundhati Reddy or Pooja Vastrakar. But now that they're playing on a used pitch, does that uh, 
you know necessitate some last minute changes in the playing 11 do we see two spinners playing instead of three um uh, three front line fast bowlers do we see both punam yadav the wrist spinner and some spinner ekta bisht uh, uh, play in tomorrow's game does uh, does a third front line pacer sit out it's going to be interesting because uh, spin has been india's uh, you know strong suit for the longest time uh, and spinners have done well punam yadav mind you did not have a great uh, series the last time she played against south africa at home in march earlier this year uh, her dip in form was something uh, we haven't seen in international cricket for uh, ever since the 2017 world cup or or the start of 2018 for that matter so it was a bit of a dampener uh, going uh, by going by uh, her records so it's going to be going to be um, something that we've got to keep an eye out for whether india do go on to play do go on to field those two spinners now that they are uh, playing on a used pitch but well do you think i mean it's something that uh, that for the sake of the integrity of the test match as you rightly mentioned uh, something like this may not have happened in australia what's what your take on this particularly because women's cricket when we come to talk of women's cricket it's always um australia or england that come to uh, that come to one's mind uh, as regards the giant strides that they have taken in in uh, you know making their domestic structure as robust as it is as it is right now so uh, an anomaly like this although you cannot really call this an anomaly can you because it has happened in the past as well them playing on a on a used pitch so do you think i mean uh, for a for one of the top test playing nations one of the only two regular test playing nations uh, this is something that they could have easily avoided with some foresight and and a bit of uh, planning before val gets into that i i think sure. i have to say that if it was a five match test series between two men sides even if a side was leading 4-0 this would not happen absolutely i mean you know personally i would not even compare this to men's cricket to begin with i mean yeah that's right. would come as a secondary thought in my consciousness because if i am to look at women's cricket in isolation as a product that can stand on its own legs then i will compare it with the best of the best right so it is i totally agree with you kartik that it would never ever happen uh, especially uh, when when a team is making their comeback a, a high profile team like india so i totally agree with you on this yeah that, it is that's an interesting point and i i went back and i reread um some articles from uh, 2019 when it emerged that the taunton pitch was going to be one that had been used and it's but a furor particularly on social media from australian media um and you know one article yeah in particular quoting a, another journalist on twitter saying it was a disgrace and it was you know probably going to favor england and then you read another story and say oh but you know if australia select their spinners then it could actually work in their favor and as it turned out it didn't play as anyone expected and it didn't favor anyone and it turned into a draw anyhow so um but yeah the the point as to whether it would have happened yeah you you do have to question that um but again like i'm i'm just looking at the ecb statement again now and it does say you know given that the match was added to the calendar mid april and coupled with the lack of available first class grounds we knew that a fresh tv pitch was going to be a challenge so they knew well then i guess having known back then that it was going to be a challenge maybe more could have been done to overcome that but yeah it it, it is a tricky one um as to whether it could or would have should have happened um 
it's an interesting point you raise, Anisha, about uh, selections and what it will have done to those. I mean, that's the obvious question. Now, England at least did find out about this last week. Uh, they did try to have it changed and were told, look, you know, it's too late. Um, so they will have known from, you know, probably at least the start of the weekend what their side will be. Heather Knight has uh, said that they have selected their 11, but that she didn't want to say earlier today because some of the team hadn't even been told yet. Um, but yeah, it, it is interesting. And I guess the question comes up, yeah, do they, what do they do with spin versus pace? Um, she has been speaking very highly about uh, Emily Arlett, uh, a pace bowler who uh, basically she, before she was even selected, um, they had their eye on her. Uh, she then took a four wicket maiden um, for Central Sparks versus the defending champion Southern Vipers in a Rachel Hayhoe Flint trophy match just before the squad was selected and she was in it. Um, so she was all, she was still speaking quite highly of her today, saying she'd really impressed in practice. She was actually quite handy with the bat. So it kind of hinted that she might be in. We don't know. Um, but, yeah, uh, she could be added to sort of like the experienced pace attack of Catherine Brunt and Anya Shrubsole, who's back from injury. Um, but then Knight as well, she bowls off spin and with a couple of uh, left-handers in the India lineup, she might be tempted to roll the arm over. She did have a back problem that um, sort of stopped her from practising and bowling um, for a bit, but she has overcome that and reckons she, you know, she'd be keen to have a go. Then I guess the question is, does she call up another off spinner in Maddie Villiers or does she just stick with herself as sort of an option and go with um, with Sophie Eccleston, who's a left armour, but just such a talent and can be so devastating. I think she's difficult to leave out. Yeah, for more on Emily Arlett, Val has written a piece on, on the bowler. So go to the website, listener, and do check that out. Now, the pitch was the bad. And now going back to my illusions of tell me the bad first and then the good. Now let's get to the good. Val, we'll start with you. I'm going to use the cliches. This is a historic occasion. This is a momentous occasion for women's cricket to have a test match in England, India playing after seven years. But let, let's get deeper into it. How, how do the players feel about this? Is this something that, is this, a, is this a format, firstly, that the sport needs for it to grow and to develop? And how much, personally, for the players, how much excitement is there to wear the whites and to represent your nation in the longest format of the game? The players love it. You ask any of them and they say, we thoroughly enjoy playing um, Red Bull cricket. As soon as the whites come on, we get excited. You know, we would like to play a lot more of it. Um, pragmatically, though, they do say, we also do understand, though, that the white ball formats are the direction of travel in terms of pushing the game forward, getting more girls involved, that kind of thing. So they are quite level-headed about the whole thing. They're thoroughly enthusiastic about tests. But, you know, realise that one day is, our, you know, our, their bread and butter, basically. Um, I think th I think there's scope for more women's tests and this is showing it. I mean, India are not only playing their first in seven years this year, but they've got another one coming up against Australia later this year. So it is growing and I, I don't see any reason why not, provided they can get room in the calendar. And let's face it, the women's calendar is busy this English summer, but it's not as jam-packed as you know as the men's frankly um bearing in mind too though we've got a world cup coming up next year so once you know the the 
tests are over, then obviously the one, the one day is played in any series this summer become preparation for that World Cup. So it's part of that whole cycle of, of global cricket. But I don't see any reason why more women's tests can't be shoehorned into it. And I think this is maybe, you know, the first step, given that uh, we're here now and, uh, and India have got another one to come this year. And then England have got one to come with the Ashes after that. Manisha, for India in particular, the situation is rather unique. How, how do you prepare for a test match if you haven't played this format for seven years? I mean, it boggles my mind. Like, how, how do you do match simulations in training or how, how does it work for this Indian side? Well, going by what Mithali Raj and Harman Preet called the ODI, uh, the test captain and vice captain respectively have uh, elaborated. Uh, they've not had much time uh, to even uh, get as much practice as they would have ideally liked. Remember, there are no practice matches that they got to play uh, in India. I mean, they served a hard quarantine in Southampton uh, since landing in the UK on June 3rd. And they arrived uh, in Bristol only yesterday, on Monday. The larger thrust of uh, Mithali and Harman Preet's words at the press conference has been on the mental side of things. How coach Ramesh Pavar, who's come back into the side uh, you know, only uh, only after he replaced W. Raman in the position last month. So for him to, as a coach, he too has not had much time. But the larger thrust uh, of the of the management and the senior core group of players has been to make sure that mentally uh, the battle is not lost even before the test has begun. So they've tried to uh, create an ambience, uh, an environment that is conducive to uh, the young players, the relatively inexperienced players to think that they're good enough to compete in this format at this stage uh, against as formidable a side as England. So uh, there was this uh, nice little kit presentation uh, ceremony that was uh, conducted uh, in the lead up to the test where uh, Ramesh Pawar, he was the brains behind that ceremony. He uh, made sure that Julian Goswami and Mithali Raj, both 38 uh, years old, they present uh, the the kids to the the test kit to the India players. You can watch the. I mean, social media is awash with these posts, very beautiful posts. And then uh, for for uh, the senior players and all of the other members of the um, touring contingent to have taken a trip down the memory lane and have had the opportunity to look back on the contribution of former uh, India women test cricketers. You know of whom we get to hear very little, of whom there is very little documentation in written or audiovisual form. I mean, it's not men's cricket. You know, there, there's very little cricket uh, literature around these former India women's cricketers uh, to fall back on to, to uh, supplement one's research with. So for these young uh, breed of cricketers like Jumima Rodericks, Shifali Verma, Deepthi um, Sharma, Indrani Roy, who's on the call-up to the national side for the first time, the wicketkeeper batter from Jharkhand, for them to, uh, you know, try and appreciate uh, the, the sacrifices made by uh, their predecessors, you know. There was a time when India's uh, women cricketers had to pay uh, to play test cricket and uh, the other formats too. So for them to have uh, walked down that lane and tried to put themselves in the shoes of uh, those that came before them, those that paved the way for them to be able to play uh, a one-off test in England and also uh, a day-night test match for the first time in India's women, uh, in India women's cricket uh, history. 
it was because they were able to um, you know make the sacrifices it was because they were able to stand their ground that the current generation is reaping those benefits so a lot of focus has been around uh, around making the the test score the consolidated test and odi score mentally as strong as possible uh, and even uh, harmanpreet mentioned that they've had a chance to do a little session with ajinkya rahane uh, because uh, he he was uh, i mean the teams traveled together to uh, england and they were uh, stationed in southampton for their quarantine uh, for a substantial period of time so i'm looking forward to how all of that uh, preparations around building a strong mental outlook cultivating a, a mental approach that helps you uh, you know stand the rigors of uh, a four day game i'm looking forward to seeing how that pans out especially with regards to the uh, young players in the in the squad yeah pay to play that 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 that's that's pretty heartbreaking but but it's pretty joyous to see where where uh, the indian team has come now and and you know well sometimes sometimes i feel stories like that stories like that should get the limelight that it deserves and and not whether mithali and romesh pawar are at loggerheads once again or how will they get along I, i know i know it it gets eyeballs on probably our website as well and on social media and gets people talking but that was a beautiful story that anisha just said yeah exactly and i think yeah as she said at the start you know our jobs to report facts as they are and sometimes they're good and sometimes they're bad and you you know like you say the the bad stories sometimes you know get a lot of eyeballs but the good ones do too and i think you talk to any of our sort of audience they you know they love a, a feel good story um so yeah they i think a nice balance is is the way to go yeah yeah absolutely okay it also got me thinking about about this test and about this discussion that we're having well is there too much focus and is there too much pressure now on the players to provide a spectacle yeah um very good question and something like a theme that's just sort of emerged as i've become you know immersed in the build up to this match in particular and it being a test tests women's tests not having the rap- the reputation of being entertaining um sometimes rightly and wrongly um but yeah i i've sensed that there is a feeling that because it's such a rarity because it's such a historic occasion because it kicks off the um the english summer uh, of international cricket for the women there is a feeling that yeah, this needs to be an entertaining match um it's it's on tv there's going to be live crowds allowed you know live crowds that haven't you know been able to get to many things um over the course of the past year so there is that um that feel about it certainly um i i think heather knight was very as you'd expect as a captain uh level headed about that and and as a professional sports person as well just sort of said well look out our job is to win uh first and foremost if we can provide a spectacle uh in doing so great or well and good but we've got we're going to do what we have to do to win and uh, and that's you know just part and parcel of it really there all, all that other stuff becomes i guess once they get into match mode outside noise and uh, and they've just got to focus on you know what they're there to do uh, which is actually to to go out there and try and win and speaking of making a statement you know you've got to remember that even the build up to this test is playing out against the backdrop of the build up to the world test championship final so there's there's a jostling for uh space on the newspaper uh space on websites 
you know, from a coverage point of view. And at the same time, uh, the average uh, cricket followers consciousness is also, uh, you know, divided. It's not undivided attention that they can, uh, you know, uh, offer to their, uh, to them looking forward to the women's test. And you cannot deny the buzz that's uh, around the world test championship final. And with the Indian men's side uh, having having made uh, made it to that title clash, uh, there's going to be a lot of, um, uh, you know, uh, buzz around that too. You're, you're basically saying the first two days have to be an absolute cracker. So the World Test Championship final begins on Friday. And uh, by the time India will have played there, uh, rather by the time the women's test will have uh, passed its first two days, there is a chance that, you know, the cricket followers' attention will be divided or will start uh, or they will need to ration their uh, attention with regards to both. I mean, uh, I mean the... let's be honest here. It's, it's not just a chance, right? It will definitely get divided like for any yeah i was just trying to i was just trying to give the women's test something to cling on to but yeah that is that is a reality you cannot uh simply deny karthik i so agree with you uh, on this so there is a there is a need for making uh, a statement and one only hopes that the quality of cricket we get to see is uh absolutely top notch but uh it just boggles my mind that uh aside from the pitch debate uh, the scheduling of the test match uh, as close as it was done uh, to the World T, uh, World Test Championship final, that is something that has baffled me to some extent, really. I mean, if you want to give the women uh, the kind of coverage, the kind of attention this test deserves, could they have scheduled it uh, better? Certainly, yes. Why not? Yeah, I couldn't agree more unless you took the words out of my mouth as you were sort of talking about that. It's just, I think that that comes down to scheduling as well. And it's like, if you really wanted to make a showcase of this, then why allow it to clash with the Men's World yeah. Test Championship final? I mean, they'll, they'll come back and say, it's a packed summer. We're trying to make up for lost time. We're trying to get all these tours done, um, you know, that couldn't happen over the past 12 months. And, you know, you can understand some of that. But, yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a scheduling clash, basically. And... Um, yeah, and, and there's no two ways about that. I think, um, as you say, the women have got the first two days to themselves. Uh, the forecast for the first day in Bristol is glorious. The second day, not so much. Uh, at the moment, they're saying 80% chance of rain, so that's unfortunate. But um, we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. But at least they'll get, um, by the sounds of it, guaranteed first day, all eyeballs on them and, um, and really capture some imaginations. All right, Val and Onisha, let's talk particularly, specifically about the match right now. I have three questions uh, to the both of y'all. Who's the favourite going into uh, this test match? Your prediction for the result of this test match and the player to watch. Onisha, we'll start with you. Uh, going into the test match, favourites will be England, simply because it's their home conditions, um, they've had more game time. The Rachel Hayhoflin Trophy was a cracker of a tournament, actually, in terms of uh, the quality of cricket that was played and the simple fact that uh, it provided them uh, much-needed game time going into this tour, not just the test. So these are uh, this is a group of players that who who look like a well-oiled machine put together collectively. Uh, so yeah, England would be uh, favourites going into uh, the one-off test. The result, ah, um, I, I really don't want it to be uh, a draw, but my heart says it will. Um, 
given the forecast, oh. taking everything into consideration. And what was the third question again? One player to watch out for. Okay, this is why you have you should have allowed me to name. All right, we'll 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 let Val get into her predictions and her favorite heading in. I'm assuming the favorite is England, Val. Yeah, I'm gonna say uh, England. I mean, obviously difficult to predict Test form, but uh, you know, for for the reasons that uh, Anesha says, uh, Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy was you know quite pivotal in them uh, being able to uh, settle on selection. Um, I think also, you know, they had the winter tour to New Zealand. So, you know, the one day, I mean, that's one day as in T20s, but, you know, that obviously they, they've got um, some matches under their belt. I know India do too with the um, home series against um, South Africa. So, you know, that it's a, a tricky gauge, but England emerged from New Zealand successful. Um, so that they'll have a lot of confidence there. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm saying England, the favourites. Um, results, oh, I hate to be boring, but very... Similarly, my heart says, uh, well, I'm I'm neutral, but my heart is for a result. Um, and <laughs> given that I've said England will be the favourite, I'll say um, an England win, but that's not because I'm cheering for them. Um, if you listen to my accent, you'll realise that that is clear. Um, but <laughs> I think my, my head is saying uh, the result will be a draw, unfortunately, um, as Anesha says, with, with the weather forecast. Um, but yeah, let, let's hope. Let's hope there's a result. Yeah, fingers crossed that maybe both of y'all are wrong, hope, hopefully, regarding the <laughs> result of it being a draw. Now, one player to watch each on Asia. If I have to pick absolutely, if I have to pick absolutely one player. It... Okay, go on. Two, two is fine. All right, not half place. a dozen then. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, not half a I dozen. Would, I would pick uh, Julian Goswami because uh, going by her performances in the South Africa series, she was. She looked far from a 38-year-old with aching knees or ankles. Um, the form she exuded uh, made you feel probably this is a peak beyond a peak of sorts. So she looked it. She looked really good, and uh, in English conditions, she was exemplary in the World Cup uh, in 2017, which is the which was the last time India toured uh, England prior to this uh, ongoing tour. So Julian Goswami, she's going to be so very important, so very crucial to how, uh, you know, the, the dynamics of the test pans out. Uh, so my money is going to be on Julian picking a 5-4. I'd love to see that. Um, I'm, I'm going to say, uh, in terms of the player that I think has the potential to have the most success, I'm going to say Tammy Beaumont, um, the England opener. She uh, has just... She hasn't lost form all year. Uh, she had an excellent tour of New Zealand. She had, in the one-day series, she had uh, three 50s in a row. Two of those were unbeaten um, and high ones as well, 88 and 72. Um, so she was in fine touch over there. And then in the Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy, she's had uh, scores of 57, 21 and 89. So she's just carried that through um, the English spring. And I just think she's got... Yeah, I, I just really love to see her back in this test match. She's She's got time. Um, yeah, she, she can sort of really bed in and um, and show show what she can do. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to see what she can do there. Anisha, in 2020, you were at the T20 World Cup. Uh, I'm sure part of your bucket list would have, is still to see India live in a test match at the oh ground obviously the situation the situation currently does not permit permit that to happen but that is something going forward that 
you hope can be checked off absolutely i'm i mean if if at all things improve in india if at all travel restrictions are eased ahead of the uh, pink ball test in australia not just me but several of uh, of the journalists who've been following uh, women's cricket in the country uh, for for a long time everyone would want to cover that in person because i mean look we understand the limitations that have necessitated virtual press conferences but there's nothing that equals uh, the joy of covering uh, a game of cricket in person and especially historic ones at that uh, test matches that come after nearly 7 years test matches that will start the journey into the twilight uh, for at least two of the senior india women's players in julian goswami and mithali raj they will most likely not play after next year's next year's world cup odi world cup in march april so this tour in a way sets into motion uh, a transition for india women and much as i want to uh, much as i would have liked being there in person in bristol um, i'm just glad that we are all safe um, and healthy wherever we are and should the opportunity arise yes why not australia versus india uh, at the gabba well i'm game <laughs> we know someone who will be there though at bristol tomorrow val and val this is this is the final point of discussion because i know that you have an early train to catch in the morning <laughs> Uh, thank you. No, I am. Um, I am under absolutely no illusions as to how lucky I am to be going. Um, and it's just rammed home when I hear Anisha speak about you know how much she would love to to be here. Also, um, I think that every day I'm lucky to be able to you know watch cricket, which I love um, for a living. Um, but particularly in the current circumstances, with things having finally. opened up a little so that we can actually attend matches fans can actually attend matches um to some extent you know it, hopefully we are coming out of the other side um of, of all of this and uh yeah you you'll get your trip to australia to see india play a test perhaps and um and yeah i'll uh, i'll thoroughly uh enjoy this week and do my very best to bring you a flavor of what it's like so i think a fundamentally intellectual question to which i would uh, expect uh, uh, an ecb perspective from well uh, do you do you have any inside information on whether they had ever considered inviting kt terry for a, for an opening act for the bristol test <laughs> i do not have any inside information i will uh, i'll have to uh, see what i can dig up there but no i'm sorry i got nothing You know, Katy Perry may not be there at, at will not be there at Bristol tomorrow. But if there's one thing for certain, it's that the 22 players who will take the field will absolutely roar. It's India versus England at Bristol. The only test starting tomorrow on Wednesday. All the coverage, all the in-depth coverage, anything that you need to know, listener, head over to ESPNCricketInfo.com. Valkyrie Baines, Anisha Ghosh. I don't know if y'all are going to get sleep tonight, but thank you so much for joining us today, and we are so 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 excited for tomorrow.